To their ever-loving credit, the Virginia Cavaliers did what neither Trey nor I thought they were going to do on Saturday and, let's be honest, thought they were even remotely capable of doing since we had North Carolina covering the 23-and-a-half-point spread that they were favored to win by. We forgot the Mac Brown factor. Uh, yes, we did. And now you can mock us because we keep receipts. Come on, Trey. And guess what? We keep receipts. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Trey Lyle over there getting us ready with that. We do keep receipts, though, here in the fast lane. Because, Trey, you're right. There's the Mac Brown factor for North Carolina, where it's like once a year, they're going to lose a game where you just sit there and go, how? How does this roster that has been a top 15 recruiting class roster pretty much the entirety of the Mac Brown tenure? Lose to a team that has zero recruiting momentum, that when North Carolina has wanted to get a premium player in the Commonwealth of Virginia, they've gotten that player onto their roster, and yet North Carolina loses to this 1-5 and five team. Part of it is Drake May and the receivers not quite connecting. They dropped some passes. I was going to say, UVA handed the game to him at the end with the, the, you know, I felt bad for Mike Collins fumbling out of the end zone. Yeah, and it's amazing because when you look at the Virginia performance, And what they showed in this game, two things jumped out. And we did an insane radio deals.com fast take on this. In fact, I did a couple of these at Fast Lane, Ed Lane, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. One is the fact that they got the late touchdown. And Virginia came prepared. Again, to their coaching staff's credit, Virginia came prepared coming off the bye. Andrew Jones, Tar Heel Illustrated, Friday in the Fast Lane. He mentioned that as a possibility. I'll be the first to admit, as our votes of confidence verify. I said some other things about the UNC fan base, too. Well, he mentioned that, but he mentioned that Virginia would probably come out with some motivation and whether Carolina would match that intensity or not, and that he thought it was going to be a tussle early and that Carolina would pull away. To Virginia's ever-loving credit, Trey, they came out prepared early in this game. They jumped out to a lead when they had the first opportunity. And when Virginia punched them in the mouth, proverbially speaking, may not have been that hard of a punch because this is, again, Matt Brown and Carolina we're talking about, but Virginia showed resiliency. And then, uh, look, again, because in the spirit of keeping receipts... And guess what? We keep receipts. Or, more specifically, I got to own this one. I got receipts. Darn right. At Fast Lane Ed Lane. Facebook, Twitter in this case, and Instagram and others. But I tweeted out, after the fumble goes out of the back of the end zone... Oh, something to the effect of, I don't have it verbatim pulled up in front of me, but again, we're not above outing ourselves here in the fast lane. That this was the moment where Virginia loses a hard-fought game in heartbreaking fashion. They find a way to lose, and Drake May stamps his Heisman candidacy case, and Carolina gets the miraculous win, and Drake May has his Heisman moment. To their credit, and Virginia deserves a lot of it. Again, there are a lot of things still to nitpick about this Roster that, at the end of the day, they're still 2-5. and There are a lot of things you can point to and say it was against a Carolina team that historically has these, what in the world are they doing, how are they losing this game, moments under Mack Brown. Virginia came out and showed resiliency after the fumble out of the back of the end zone. Never mind the fact that, you know, I'm sitting there just rolling my eyes going, 
of course, this is a Virginia way to lose on some stupid rule that should have been overturned and abolished years ago. They won't do it in college football because they'll wait for the NFL to do it because college football always waits for the NFL and then fans get upset about the idea of tradition, even though it really is negligible. Why do we have to be like the NFL? I don't know, because they're the most successful sports entertainment property out there. Heck, take the sports out. They're the most successful entertainment property out there. Over 50% of the most watched sporting events every year are NFL games. They clearly know something. So maybe you want to take up after them, but they haven't even gotten this right. Fumble out of the back of the end zone. If you are driving and you fumble the ball and it goes out at the one, you retain possession wherever you fumble the ball. But if it's one yard later and it goes through the end zone, it's a turnover, even though the other team never recovered it, and it gives them the football, not where you fumbled it, but... At the 20-yard line, like 19 yards of free field position. I mean, it's the dumbest rule. Yeah, but you can't reward the offense for fumbling out the back of the end zone. But give them the ball back where they fumble, Trey. If I fumble at the 50-yard line and it rolls out of bounds at the opponent's 39 or at the opponent's 45-yard line, it rolls ahead five yards and out of bounds. I get it at the 50. If I fumble it at the 35-yard line, but I'm down at the 30, I'm not getting those free yards, but I am getting possession back. It's literally this stupid glitch in the rule book that we're not going to change because that means we're admitting we're wrong. And in the NFL, it's we're collectively bargaining everything, so why give something back when we have to admit we're wrong? Oh, I don't know, because maybe it's smarter. I mean, that, that, that's part of the stupidity of this. But again, let's not take away from this point. To Virginia's credit, Trey, they showed resiliency after that fumble, and Tony Elliott was asked about it and had every right to say this after the Virginia Cavaliers knocked off Carolina 3127 this past Saturday night. That's what we're trying to build as a program is it's all about the next play, right? That zoom focus. So whether you have a good play, the previous play or a bad play, it's all about the next play. And at times you're going to have, you know, some of those situations, but what you saw is just a group that that believed and and what I'm proud of is is you know I've told the guys from day 1 they can do it. Right, I told them they could play with the first opponent all the way through this one, right? But the key, the key is believing that you are going to be the guy that's going to make the play and not waiting on somebody else. And I think that's what you saw. Uh, you saw more guys uh, tonight saying, you know what, let me be the one that, that, that makes the play. Tony Elliott's referring to the fact that they had guys that stepped up and made plays after Mike Hollins fumbled the ball out of the back of the end zone. And because of the stupid rule where North Carolina got it, uh, Carolina got the ball and they're down four with under five minutes to go. And again, it's at Fast Lane, Ed Lane on Twitter, but I'm sure I wasn't the only one. I had people come to me at church yesterday and they're like, no, you weren't the only one to think this. But that was the moment where Carolina was going to win and Virginia was going to lose another hard-fought game, but yet they were going to fall to one and six. Instead, give Virginia all the credit in the world for that. And... The fact that there were other points in this game where Virginia could have caved. The late Tony Musket touchdown. And you, know, you look at what he did, breaking containment, breaking tackles. It's a little bit of a long answer, but it reiterates what Tony Elliott has said about this team. And in the losses, it's easy to be like me and roll your eyes at this. And it doesn't mean that I'm totally sold on Virginia. But this is something that had been missing from them. The resiliency at the worst, when something goes wrong at the worst possible time. Boston College loss, JMU loss, heck, even Maryland. You jump out to a 14-0 lead, you give up the kick return to make it four, kick return touchdown to make it 14-7, and the wheels come off for Virginia, particularly with turnovers in the fourth quarter. They need to learn how to actually finish off a game. And Tony Musket, again, to his credit, because there are a lot of folks, myself included, who think from a raw football standpoint, it could have been Anthony Calandria, the freshman with whom you could grow. Musket showing fight 
to get a late touchdown for Virginia. And that's what you've seen out of this team is is they, is they fight. You know, they're 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 not they're not going back down. Right now, we we got to play smarter at times and um, and and play more complimentary football at times. But one thing that you can't question about this team is their resilience and their willingness to fight. Uh, and so that's just a testament to to this group of uh, um, individuals. I think it's a testament to where our football program is. You know, since November 13th of last year, man, we've had to fight every single day for everything. Right, we, we've had to fight on the field. We've had to fight in the classroom, and we've had to fight mental health, and we've had to fight everything. Uh, so, so that's just you're seeing it on the field, and hopefully, we can build upon that fight. Because what I tell them all the time is, yeah, you got to have that fight, uh, but you also got to have other components to be able to win uh, at the highest level. It all makes sense, at least after this game. And again, Virginia got a big assist because Carolina missed opportunities. They had receivers dropping passes. Drake May didn't have a great game. But his receivers didn't help him out either. And North Carolina looked soft when Virginia kept punching them, proverbially speaking, and I guess literally speaking in the mouth. That's what they did. And Virginia gets the bragging rights that come from this win over North Carolina. And Carolina has to live with yet another year of just, pardon my language, blowing another opportunity. I was going to use a word that, uh, you know, involves, uh, well, getting rid of bodily waste. Uh, in either version, you could use that. That's what Carolina did. They... Literally threw it away, this opportunity, because Virginia was a down-and-out team who came prepared and North Carolina didn't, and you let a team like that hang around over the course of the game, the belief can start to grow. And that was the biggest thing for Virginia about this victory is they hung in there, they were prepared early, they hung in there when adversity hit, they showed fight, they stepped up and made plays to win it, and there are a lot of things that Virginia's going to have to do to do this more consistently. But at least they've got this one in the bag. And you can sit there as a Virginia fan, many like me, who have expressed skepticism that Tony Elliott really knows what he's doing in this case. Oh, they showed it on Saturday night in the win, and they deserve all of the credit. Just like you deserve all of the credit. If you make the smart financial move by going to InsaneRadioDeals.com, when you shop at InsaneRadioDeals.com, you don't have to pay full price. For tickets to any remaining home football game, any of the three, Saturday, November 4th, next Saturday, Saturday, November the 11th, or Saturday, November 18th at Liberty University. Because two tickets normally cost 70 bucks, But for you at InsaneRadioDeals.com, $22.22. Two for you and two for a friend. Look at it that way. For $44.44. Loading you up in terms of that. Well, you could say this about us in the immortal words of Jazz from the Fresh Prince. Man, you loaded! You can let people think that because you got four tickets to a Liberty football game at InsaneRadioDeals.com. But you don't actually have to pay full price when you go to InsaneRadioDeals.com. Speaking of the Flames, we'll start looking at their matchup with Western Kentucky in a moment. But there are other topics to address right now in the Fast Five at Five-ish. It's time for the Fast Five at Five-ish. Five fast-paced, quick-witted things you need to know right now. Number five. Trade alert in the NFL. Philadelphia Eagles getting safety Kevin Byard from the Tennessee Titans, who pick up a fifth and sixth rounder, but most notably for our local audience, Daneville native and Virginia Tech product, Terrell Edmonds, who had not really had a good year. He got burned by, like many people, by Tyree Hill on Hill's touchdown last night. And he hadn't been great in pass coverage. It does shore up an area for Philadelphia, but the local angle of this with Terrell Edmonds, who's been a 
a jag, as they would call him, just a guy in the NFL. Good enough to stick around on rosters, good enough to collect a paycheck, but never able to crack that tier of higher-end safeties, which is not a very strong market as it is. I remember watching him play in high school, and the speed and explosiveness he had there against high school players. I saw him at the 50-yard line hunt down what was the you know your typical fastest guy on a high school roster. The guy was at the 35-yard line breaking away for the end zone. Edmonds closed the 15-yard gap and brought him down shy of the end zone. And you're just like, okay, that's next-level ability. All of that... And even what he showed at Virginia Tech adds up to just being just a guy in the NFL. That's how challenging it is and how those little fractions of a step and those little moves athletically and otherwise that you're able to pull off, how difficult it is. Terrell Edmonds, phenomenal athlete, high character individual, but yet in the NFL, it's he a fifth and a sixth rounder getting traded for an upgrade at safety for the Philadelphia Eagles. Number four. Speaking of Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech's home date with JMU has been moved from 2025 to 2026. This is noteworthy because the Dukes add a 2025 date at Louisville. Um, I, I love it that teams are willing to schedule JMU, knowing that we now, even though the NCAA doesn't care about this, we now have a two-year sample size, or a year and change, that JMU, they are more than ready to compete at the 1A FBS level. And yet programs are still adding them. Granted, it's a home game only, uh, as ACC schools, if they're decent, would have their best wishes. That's what you're going to get, is you're going to get those type of matchups. But I, I actually like this for JMU, that they're able to get a matchup with Louisville added to their matchup with Virginia Tech. And more importantly, it speaks to a mindset that JMU, they've had, that Liberty, clearly, they've had with Ian McCall and Hugh Freeze. And yes, it's extended to a certain extent with Jamie Chadwell, even though this year and next year's schedules don't really reflect that. But the willingness to play bigger name opponents, even if it is just on the road. Number three. Speaking of the JMU Dukes, a couple more notes on the JMU Dukes. Shane Metlin, who will join us at 545 today, part two of Covering the Commonwealth. Mentioned that a college football playoff spokesperson has confirmed to him that JMU will not be considered for a New Year Six bowl game, regardless of the Duke's bowl status and the eligibility of other teams, which runs counter to what JMU and Sunbelt Conference officials had told Shane Metlin that they believed was the case when they connected with Shane late last week. It is just beyond imaginable. I still am struggling to figure this out. Why don't programs and why doesn't the college football playoff stick a middle finger to the NCAA and say, we don't need to operate under your parameters. We can do what's in our best interest. And yes, full disclosure, you have a chance to take a military program like Air Force, which with all due respect to JMU, Air Force and Army and Navy are real strong national brands that resonate with obviously people affiliated with the school, but also anyone sympathetic to the military. If you could take Air Force or let's be honest, any of the other group of five teams that are eligible to go to a New Year's Six Bowl game or ineligible in JMU's case, you'll take Air Force because of that. I would say, yeah, but I think if Air Force and JMU both went undefeated, the Mountain West is better than the Sun Belt. Um, I would probably, now that the AAC is kind of dwindled, I'd say the Mountain West is probably the best group of five conference. It's those two Sun are the Belt best. Mountain West. Yeah, like... They'll have to. They had to beat Wyoming, who's a really good team, who beat Texas Tech. They'll have to beat Boise, which it's not Boise of Boise, but it's still a really good team. Like, they, you know, they they of course have to. They might have to match up with the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors, which is always a juggernaut. No and, doubt, especially when you go out west. Um. So, uh, yeah, way west. I, I think if Air Force went undefeated, 
even if JMU was eligible because of who they had to play, because they also have to play Army and Navy, which, you know, no matter what, are always tough games for them. Like, it, it, it's definitely something in which I would be interested to see um, what would have happened, who would be ranked higher. Like, you know, San Jose State's a pretty solid team. They still got to play. Yeah, they do play Hawaii at Hawaii. Tough game for them. Um, so uh, we'll be we'll see what happens with uh, Air Force and JMU as a good comparison. But I think you bring up a very good point about that Trey. That not only you know I, I believe Air Force is a more attractive national brand for the playoff, but you mentioned you can make a compelling case that if JMU and Air Force both go undefeated, that Air Force is is a more deserving team. And JMU fans surely would debate that, and they can vent their frustrations at Fast Lane, Ed Lane. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Trey Lyle VT, but uh, you bring up a very valid point. Speaking of the Dukes, by the way. Number two. Of course, politicians have to get involved. Last week, NCAA President Charlie Baker sent Virginia Attorney General Jason Miaris a letter rejecting Miaris' request that JMU receive a waiver for postseason eligibility in this, its second year of transition. I mean, again, this is just one more case that we're dealing with the, uh, well, the hole in oats at theory when it comes to the NCAA because I don't think there are any fans out there. I don't think there are any administrators out there. I don't think there are any people in college sports out there that don't want to see JMU eligible for a bowl game. But it is the NCAA, and even when they claim to have new leadership and be going in a different direction, we all know they fit the description of this great Hall of Notes hit. You're out of touch. I'm out of time. So that's the reality of it. Um, I wish it was not the case, and I think it is comical that we've got politicians weighing in on this, grandstanding as they are, but he's not wrong. I mean, you know, look, he, by the way, you're asking me which one I say is not wrong, the NCAA president or a politician? I mean, that's really tough for me to decide with either one, no matter who the politician is, but Mioris is correct in his theory. I don't like the fact that he's jumping into politics uh, or into sports when he could be doing other things, but I get it. I understand why, and truthfully, I do agree with him that JMU should be granted a waiver for postseason eligibility, and the NCAA rule is really ridiculous and stupid. And number one on the Fast Five at Five-ish. The Liberty Flames, they've got a big matchup with Western Kentucky tomorrow. More on that in just a moment. But the winner of that may get the privilege of going to the Bahamas Bowl. But Trey, is it really going to be a privilege if this cryptic statement released by the Bahamas Bowl is true? Because they've released a statement indicating that because of stadium construction at Nassau Stadium, and I get it, it's a kind of a dumpy venue, but who's at the Bahamas Bowl for the venue? We're there for the, the beaches and the amenities down there. Let's not kid ourselves. The stadium is unlikely to be ready for the 2023 event because of renovations. Boo! Darn right, Trey. You, me, and plenty of people you know affiliated what? with Liberty. Now we need Liberty to go undefeated. You know, become the group. Air Force lose. Uh, Air Force lose. Tulane get a second loss. And they have to be the group of five. They have to be, you know, the group of five picks. So we avoid avoid any chance of them going to the Bombers Bowl next year. Now, next year, they go like eight and four. They'll probably go. Yes. Well, That's, that's the plan. Ed. You know, I like it, Trey. And, uh, you know, heck. Maybe they can get rewarded with the Bahamas. You, you know what? No what? I got it. Not this year. How Next about year. this? Shreve, let's get, let's can can they somehow get to the Independence Bowl and go oh, to Shreveport? Oh my gosh. Let's go party in Shreveport. Might as well just send us up to Detroit while we're at it, Trey. I mean, you, me, you, me, and uh, Ronnie Longshots all in Shreveport Richie living Longshots. in a, Richie Longshots. I don't know why I said Ronnie. I don't either. Neither but, you nor I. 
it's Monday. Send us to Detroit, though. Well, I mean, apparently there's plenty of houses The Motor Mile? Yeah. Not the Motor Mile that you hear about in the Fast Lane, but the different version of the Motor Mile. Anyway, more Liberty Talk coming your way tomorrow. And there... And today. Trey, you are correct. Because of the back half of covering the Commonwealth, Alan York, play-by-play voice of the Liberty Flames, set to join us. Who's Hokies, Liberty Flames, plus on the second half of the swing... JMU, NASCAR, and the Washington football team loading you up with your insight from your real experts. Not us, the opinionators. The real experts weigh in next here in the Fast Lane on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app.